0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to 4th Down Focus brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, creator of the show and founder of 4th Down University, a company focused on the training and development of coaches, kickers, punters, and snappers. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. The NBA and college basketball are back, the NFL conference championships are here, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place a bet on sports, BetOnline.ag is the best and only place to lock this in. From game spreads and point totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else online. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 18 of the podcast welcomes Nick DiCarano, current NFL free agent and former All-American kicker for Endicott College. DiCorano, a Connecticut native, didn't begin kicking until his senior year in high school. Although he didn't have much time, Nick caught the attention of Pace University, where he played two seasons before transferring to Endicott. In his final two seasons at Endicott, DiCorano earned the following honors. And I'm just going to mention the 2019 because it goes for a while. DiCrono earned the 2019 Dream Bowl Special Teams MVP, the 2019 National Bowl College All-Star Game Special Teams MVP, the 2019 Northeast Football Writers All-New England First Team, the 2019 CCC Football All-Conference First Team, and lastly, the 2019 D3Football.com Preseason First Team All-American. It's impressive stuff, Nick. I'm excited to talk to you about your journey, what you've done to get to this point and your plan moving forward. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's a real honor to be here and I'm really excited to have the opportunity to talk about my story and, and uh, a lot of things I've learned along the way. Yeah, I'm going to steal
0: your thunder a little bit. Our relationship didn't start, I think it it was actually almost exactly a year ago based on my time hop. I woke up the other day and this was after doing our pre-recording meeting. And on my time hop, I I had you as a guest at my Sunday group giving back to my young guys who have aspirations to do the things you're doing right now. A lot of people don't know that you you and I have had a pre-existing relationship strictly on Instagram, the social media side of things, because we do have a passion in kicking. And that's all I post about is the technical aspects of it, the tendencies related to it. And I think that's where you and I really started to develop relationships. So when you came down for an All-American game, it happened to be uh, at the field that I trained my Sunday group at. I thought it was an awesome experience to not only get to work with you finally in person, but also for you to give back and and kind of tell your story to the kids. And the purpose of today's show is, is just that. I want to leave this show with people realizing that I do not have to kick at a major FBS college. I do not have to be a five-star my sophomore year in high school. I do not have to have Dan Lundy or Nick Novak or John Carney or any of these guys that some of these uh, older guys go to for help. I think it's about mindset. I think it's about how you attack things. And I think we all have our own tendencies and our own problems to address. And I think you do a fantastic job of that. So and with that being said, I, I, I want to go ahead and just get right into your background. I want to I wanna start in, in the youth level, if you feel it's necessary, but definitely the high school level, specifically what sports that helped lead you to developing or getting the opportunity to kick at pace with less than a year of kicking experience.
1: Absolutely. So really, I grew up my entire life playing soccer. My dad was a former professional Italian soccer player. Uh, for Bologna and then I have two older brothers that also played high school soccer at a very very high level. Uh, my oldest brother Steve was a phenomenal soccer player so growing up it was always learning from them and kicking the ball out in the yard and things like that. My freshman year of high school I actually had bilateral hip surgery. I ended up being in a wheelchair for a couple of months uh, then confined to crutches and then I had to do a ton of rehab to pretty much learn how to walk again. Before that I was playing at a, a really high level of soccer for um, my state team for the for the academy team and things like that but really over the years I noticed that it was really hard to get back into that like prime soccer shape so I ended up my senior year taking a risk the, the football team needed a kicker and I ended up joining the team in secret actually uh, neither of my parents knew I told them I was going to soccer practice but in reality I was going to football practice and it, it was amazing you know it was such a different environment than soccer uh, I remember going to my first high school football game and playing and there was a band and there was actually people in the stands. And I, I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to people being there and watching. I was used to, you know, like the moms and dads of, of the kids on the team there, but there was like kids from school. It was, it was an awesome experience. And I ended up in high school, my, my first PAT ever off a two inch block. I actually, I didn't miss, like I kicked it short and that to me was, was uh, it was interesting to say the least. And I remember, after the game, I talked to my mom, I ended up the rest of the game making all my PATs and stuff. My mom was, <laughs> she was a little concerned, you know, about the future and things like that. But here I am a couple of years later, you know, I'm confident to say I won't, I uh, won't be kicking any PATs short, but it's been a journey, you know, going to Pace University was an awesome experience. Uh, I think the coaches there really just kind of saw the, the raw talent aspect and they believed in me and I went there and it just ended up that a lot of my friends ended up transferring and I didn't really have a group. So I ended up going to Endicott and uh, I had a great time there. Yeah. I mean,
0: I think what I want to start with is something that's come up probably four or five times on this young show now is soccer. Uh, I find that most, I think I've said definitively, it's eight or nine out of 10 of the clients that I've had that have gone on to play in college have had a very familiar, if not they were playing at a high level of soccer all the way through high school and had to let it go for football. Finally, some of the kids, you know, I've noticed it's starting to become a little more common to start thinking about hanging the soccer cleats up junior, senior year in high school, just for the simple risk of injury. We're not talking about football, but we, we, we get injured a lot in soccer. And the last thing I would want to do is jeopardize, you know, 80 to $150,000 scholarship in a high school soccer setting. And I can relate to that because I, I had one offer in soccer and it was to Queens College in Charlotte. Uh, it was a very small school. I would have taken it had I not had uh, more football opportunities. But you know, I, I look back to that time and I most definitely think I would have made the same exact decision. Had I had limited options and I had one opportunity, at least one, I think I would have given the game of soccer up, although I love it so much. And I think it's very interesting. Your dad is an Italian soccer player. My dad was an English soccer player. So he most (laughs) definitely, yeah, he most definitely. And and, and we have a history there. You know that that's why you're laughing, but uh, we, we go a long ways back well before uh, NFL was even relevant, but no, I, I just, I love learning where people came from, you know, the impetus, like whatever the catalyst may have been. And I think soccer is a huge thing in a lot of people like your lives and my lives. Um, Although it's a different sport entirely, it's just such a good preparation. The comfort and the use of the feet first mentality growing up, I think it makes perfect sense why we transition to kicking the football better than most. I'm going to shift the focus now to transferring because you are, in fact, a transfer. You did it. And in my opinion, it was the right move. I don't think it always is with kids. And I think it's a big, big decision that it's sometimes made hastily. So it is a major part of football and year to year, the rules, in my opinion, are definitely favoring the mobility of the athletes. They are able to leave easier than they ever have been before. And I don't generally see a problem with that. Initially, I did. But uh, I think with the mobility of the coaches being as easy as it is, I think it's only fair. So because this transferring does occur often, right, rosters are constantly changing. And I imagine that part of your decision was filling a void on a team that may have lost a kicker. So would you mind explaining your situation, the transition from Pace to Endicott, um, and perhaps your reasoning in transferring in addition to the obvious case of they probably needed a kicker?
1: Yeah. So when I decided to transfer, I decided to transfer for a couple of reasons. The biggest one was due to the fact that when I went into Pace, I had this um, group of friends, We were all extremely close. You know, we all lived in the same the same dorm, and we were neighbors and things like that. And they all ended up; they were very unhappy, and they ended up transferring. So it really was that I didn't really have my group, um, and I just kind of felt like I didn't really fit in uh, with the with the kids at Pace. You know, it's by the time you're in your end of your sophomore year, everyone's kind of got their group. You know, everyone's got their friend group, things like that. So it was kind of like I just I kind of needed a change of scenery. And it's funny because when I I entered the portal. I talked to a, a couple Division 1 schools, but to be honest, nothing was really sticking. You know, I didn't really have the greatest game film. I didn't have the biggest leg, things like that. I just I just was pretty accurate, but my decision to go to Endicott was based primarily because my oldest sister went there. Out of high school, it was funny because I was actually getting recruited to the Endicott soccer team, and then when I started playing football, I was getting recruited to the Endicott football team. So, I knew Endicott was having a major coaching change. Coach McGonigal was going there from Assumption and I played Assumption at Pace. So I knew he, he really had a great history of coaching kickers. You know, he coached Tad Biker, who ended up being my kicking coach at Endicott, which influenced my decision a lot because I knew I could learn from Tad, who was an All-American and, play professional football and then also playing against Cole Tracy and then kind of fostering a relationship with Cole, being able to reach out to him and say, Hey, like, this is how I'm doing sort of thing. Do you have any tips? But if there's one thing about me is that I honestly didn't really care who was on the roster, whether it was a, a long time starter or a guy that's never played before. I, I never shy away from competition and I absolutely love to compete with anyone. So I just went to Endicott and the mindset i had was it was me versus myself you know i i can't control how the other guy kicks so i'm just going to control how i kick and i went in there and i was lucky enough to earn a starting spot and uh you know keep playing and things like that and earning those accolades which it was cool but it was more so fun just to you know be out on the field and really be making a difference you know just it, it felt good knowing that my team had peace of mind that if we called for a field goal it was like i was almost automatic which it was a great feeling for me, but I know it was a great feeling for my coaches too. But again, it just kind of came down to like controlling the controllables and stuff. And honestly, I think I made the best decision going to play at, quote unquote, a small D3 school compared to a, a, a big division one school, just because it was more personal. You know, I, I was able to learn a lot from my coaches um, and just the environment too. You know, I was, able, I, was, I was able to really just like focus on me, if that makes sense.
0: It makes perfect sense. I think your answer was flawless. There was a lot of information. So I'm going to recap what I think is essential for the listeners. Cause again, the large demographic of this show is uh, the, the specialists that are a few years behind you. Um, and they're looking to this show for some background knowledge, people who have done it, people who have made mistakes. And what I, what I liked is you, you, you looked at it from a lot of aspects. You obviously looked to see if there was a need in the roster You definitely did some background in the coaching. I think there has to be a relationship with at least a coach on staff. That's just getting there. That's not at risk of leaving. Uh, You have a family connection. So the social aspect, I'm sure you were, you were given the layout of what to expect. Uh, All these things I think bring about a comfort that is needed to find success or experience success. If we're in a place that we don't feel great in certain components of our life, it's going to affect our performance. So it clearly was the right decision for you as far as it was a place that you felt comfortable to succeed in. Uh, Again, I'm going to shift it. So we're going to go back to your relatively late start. You know, I want to explain to the audience that may not know, but I would say on average now in this country, most kickers are beginning to flirt with the idea of kicking at 13, 14, you know, eighth, ninth grade. And then by the time they're 15, 16, if they are going to do what you're doing, I think it should be a priority. Okay. Okay. Now, you were an outlier. You developed exponentially faster than most, but you had to. I mean, you started at 17, 18, whereas you should have started at 13 and 14. So you're already three, four years behind a general schedule of people that are doing what you're doing. I think the only way you experience success uh, and putting yourself behind the eight ball, I should say, is your mindset. And you mentioned mindset briefly. Can you elaborate on this mindset? you know and and why this is essential in being a successful kicker whether you're at d3 assumption or if you're at d1 lsu
1: yeah i mean i i personally think anyone can be a successful kicker i think it really just comes down to the mindset that you have and the mindset that i have now is obviously not the same mindset that i had when i was when i was younger you know Going into college, I was really immature and even in a couple of years of playing college football, I was still pretty immature with my mindset and things like that. But right now, it's it's really just all about controlling the controllables. You know, if I can't control something, then I'm, I'm really not going to worry about it and it makes life a lot easier in every aspect from football to work to school, from everything else, you know, I only can control my actions and I only can control my preparation when it comes to football. When I was at Endicott, I had a talk with my strength and conditioning coach, and it was such a small conversation. He he probably doesn't even remember even saying saying this conversation to me just because it was that small, but I honestly just took so much away from it. We were doing this core workout and this these, like, ab rollouts, and I said to my strength coach, I'm like, you know, I want to have the strongest core on the team, just, like, joking around. And he honestly took that moment, and he was like, you know what, Deeks?" like, honestly like just even saying goals like that jokingly just are very like you you just shouldn't do it you know focused on what you're eating when you're sleeping how you're training and he's like everything else is going to fall into place and to me i was kind of like wow like that's that's a great lesson like and from from that point on i really just took that with me um from every kick it's you know it doesn't really matter about the last one or the next one it matters about that kick and which is just kind of, I don't know. I just think that's the most important mindset for any kid to have just control the controllables. That's, that's, what's most important.
0: It sounds so simple. And everyone that's listening to the show has heard that at least once, if not a hundred times, maybe even in the last year. But again, I think it's really hard to do Uh, putting it into action is difficult because we tend to, as humans, um, shift the focus to urgency things that may not be important but urgent they seem important i'll give you an example like a text you know or a call from a spam number that just took your focus it shifted your focus away from whatever was probably more important and i think we do that in life and and dealing with people and and circumstances that arise i think that sometimes we put first things first that should be put last and i so i love what you said with that and another thing i wanted to touch on was a coach having an impact on you like that in a weight room or wherever you were with your strength and performance guy that day. I think that's why I take my job so seriously. Cause I never know 20 years from now when a kid's going to say, do you remember that one Sunday when you freaked out at me for, for being complacent about this, you know, that was a difference in my life. And I think you're experiencing that too. One thing I failed to mention on the show so far is you are in fact, serving as a coach in a capacity could you explain that because one of your players already reached out to me and said you know coach Nick and he spoke so highly of you uh, (laughs) for the kicker from Stillman could you briefly just touch on your experience uh giving back through instruction things that you may have received from others
1: yeah I mean I've when I was younger you know in high school I didn't really have like a coach that was truly like a mentor um it was kind of just like you know, going to see different coaches, learning different things, like, but it wasn't really until I met, you know, you and then especially Nick Novak to actually like have a mentor and have such an unbelievable impact on not only my game, but just my mindset and, and everything else. I I love kicking. I think it's really fun. And I don't think there's anything more satisfying than seeing a kid that especially is like really frustrated and is like, I, I can't, I can't make a 40. I can't do it. Like, I'm not, I'm not strong enough to stuff like that. And it's like, no, 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 like, take a step back, let's try this, do a couple contact drills, like, let's fix the plant. you know, like, little stuff like that, and then they're hitting the 40, and then, like, the best feeling in the world is them, like, after hitting the ball and watching it go in, they just look at you, and they're, like, they're looking at you like you're some wizard, like, it's, it's just a great feeling to, you know, like, be out there and help kids, and honestly, I always just think about myself, like, I always wish I had a coach like that when I was younger, that, like, would look at my film, would help me out. And and honestly, like everything I do for kids is free too. I've done probably well over 50 film reviews for kids on Instagram that have just DM'd me and reached out, hey, do you see anything? And I've helped out, you know, but I also put myself out there too. And that's what's important. Like even the relationship I had with Nick Novak, I messaged him on Facebook, you know. <laughs> I messaged him on Facebook and he said, Hey Nick, like I'd love to learn from you and train from you. And that that was the start to that relationship. So I absolutely love coaching. I'm coaching at Stonehill. It's a great time. The specialists there are very, very, very talented. And I just love to give back too. It's just a good time. It's
0: such a good message. I mean, I, I think it's important for you to deliver uh, what you've received um, from, and you've been around a lot of good people that support you and think highly of you. But I think that the way you master what you've learned or really take ownership of it is to give it back. Teaching is learning, right? That's another form of learning is you know, giving the information, because then you really refine it inside of yourself and see how it applies to you best. So keep keep it up, man. I think everything you're doing, and I think that might be the biggest component of your success right now is the coaching aspect, seeing it from a third person perspective, and then bringing it back to you. So I'm going to pause the show and we've got a new sponsor I'd like to I'd like to introduce um, So with the new year comes tons of new big games and sports with big games. You need big stakes. Kansas city stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit Kansas citystakescom slash game day and save up to $25 on combos. Perfect for game day. Plus get free shipping with the code believe that's B L E A V at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor. Some of my favorites are the mac and cheese melts and the shrimp wrapped in bacon. Every order is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Every cut of steak imaginable, appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash gameday and use the code BLEAV at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. Now back to the show. All right, Nick. So high school kickers, they have aspirations to play in college like you did. And college kickers dream of playing on Sundays. The kicking industry has grown, especially in the last 15 years. Its growth led to an emerging market. We talked before hitting record today. There are 17,500 high schools, each of which has three specialists on the varsity team. You know, you do the math there. You're looking at close to 50,000 varsity specialists in high school alone. Okay. This is an emerging market. And because of that, you know, we've seen a lot of new kicking camps and clinics and expos and exposure events, et cetera. Kickers have more resources for development now than ever. In my opinion, the kickers who live the dreams of playing on Saturdays and Sundays have guidance. They have a coach or coaches who have experience in preparing kickers at the highest of levels. Stars and rankings are aesthetically pleasing. I get it, but I don't think they generate the offers that they say they do. What is your advice to high school kickers on personal instruction versus camps and combines?
1: Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is that, you know, I think a lot of training needs to be catered more towards actually kicking in the game than kicking at a a camp. You know, in a game, you're not kicking off the sticks. You're not in a controlled environment. You're live snap and hold, things like that. And to be honest, the more live snap and hold reps you get, the better you're going to be off the sticks. You know, your eyes are moving You're you're moving with the snap. You have to be quick. You have to have that op time, things like that. So if you can kick live snap and hold, you certainly can kick off the sticks. You know, for a guy like me, I, I never went to any of those camps, partly because I, I didn't really know they existed because I was so new to kicking, but I think they are important in a way for a lot of like the top guys to kind of delineate. Okay. Like this guy is definitely the top guy sort of thing because, you know, You can't really you don't know the difference from, okay, this kid's a five star, but he's ranked 40. And then this kid's a five star. He's ranked number one. What's the difference? I have no idea. I I genuinely couldn't tell you. Even as a coach, when I'm evaluating kids, I like looking at game film and I like looking at live snap and hold and things like that. But again, I really think kids need to focus more towards on having great game film and having really great live snap and hold film. Even at, if you're doing like a weekly training thing with a coach, like live snap and hold, like continuous two balls, things like that. Like to me as a coach, and I know other coaches, and even for thinking as like a kicker, it's like, okay, like this kid's good, right? Like I saw a really funny Instagram post. It was like someone posted a clip of them kicking, and it was hashtag nobody misses on Instagram. And I mean, it's true. It's funny and it's true because nobody's gonna post a miss on Instagram, but. I think if you post like live continuous rolling film, either live snap and hold or even off the sticks, like to me, that's more impressive than any star raking that you have, because again, like I don't, I don't know what it means to be a five-star. And to be honest, like it's not really that important to me personally, but I do know that to some coaches, they love having the five-star kids and they love having the four and a half stars and things like that. I would say more so, it's just important to, really choose a school where a coach believes in you and your talent is going to be cultivated. Obviously go somewhere where number one, you can compete, but also where your talent is really going to be cultivated.
0: I love what you said. Uh, I'll start with this. I think that there is a place for camps and combines, these exposure events and you, you referred to it a few times at these events for the audience that may not know is the, the five star, four star system in, in the specialist arena, um, it's hard to evaluate the masses. Let's say there's 300 kickers on a field in a live operation setting because there's too many variables. There could be an errant snap. There could be a poor hold, whatever reason. And there's too many excuses. It takes too long. So in place of that, snappers just snap to a fixed target and kickers kick off what we call sticks or wizards or a tee. And that is not a game-like environment. Um, You're excluding the variables that make it hard, in my opinion, or much harder. You still have to make the kick, of course. But I like what you said. But what I tell my guys, and I have three guys right now that are actively number one in the nation on some of those boards, Coles, Sailor, uh, and Hammer kicking in particular. Uh, Number one in the nation. And I'm I'm all for it. I think uh, the more exposure, the better. But what I tell my guys that are not – Uh, number one, and they wouldn't be if they went is to know the standards, right? Just like you look at a school, Hey, I want to go to Harvard. Hmm. Here's the general uh, admission rates for that, for the test scores. And here's the, here's the expectation for the uh, unweighted core GPA. Um, I think you should look at the standards just like anything else. And if you don't meet those standards, you're not going to show up in Vegas or California or Atlanta and all of a sudden be the number one guy I think you should use those standards as motivation and when you feel that you meet those standards go compete but I and I think that only comes through training like you said I think that's why it should be the priority and obviously performing games but if you have a a terrible team which happens I went I I played in a one and nine team I only got four opportunities to kick I made three of them so I transferred schools you know like things happen we all have different paths but we all have to overcome it right I'm going to shift it to this. We uh, we've talked about it already. We've talked about positivity and its importance. Um, indirectly, we haven't used the word, but your mindset, you know, you have a positive mindset, you control the controllable, you disregard the things that may not be controllable in life. Things can, and they will go wrong. Football is no different. You've had some bumps uh, in the road, such as an injury. Uh, you've had some pro day scheduling issues through a pandemic. Um, you've gone undrafted because of this is probably a lot to do with that. Uh, the timing was not in your favor. Could you explain to the audience, your, your path? I know you already have, but more specifically, uh, the times that have not gone so well.
1: Yeah. Um, so I ended up, I, I did the two bowl games and then I went to the CGS. I performed really well at all three. And then I was fortunate enough to have a pro day scheduled at Holy Cross, which I was training for religiously from January up until that point. And it was about, it was a couple of weeks before I ended up getting a call saying due to COVID, the pro day was going to be canceled. And to me, I was obviously, I was heartbroken. You know, I was really looking forward to it. And this was like kind of what I thought was my shot to kicking in front of all these NFL teams. I was going to be the only kicker there. I was going to show them what I could do. I was gonna, you know, run the forty. I was gonna, I was gonna do broad jump. I was gonna do all that. So I was, I, I was just excited, you know, just to be there and to do all that stuff. But it was a great opportunity for not only me, but for you know every other athlete there to really showcase their ability. You know, if my pro day wasn't the only pro day canceled. There was a lot of other pro days across the country that were canceled, and a lot of guys like me, small school guys, needed that opportunity. And it really sucked to see that people are losing the opportunity. But I, I have to say, I you know, I didn't understand the decision and the rationale behind it. Um, so I wasn't bitter or anything like that. I ended up trying to figure out other ways to kick and get better. And I scheduled a couple different trips around the country, one in particular to go see Coach Donner, But I ended up, again, due to COVID concerns and, you know, some airlines weren't running. Uh, interstate travel was not encouraged by any means. I wasn't I wasn't going to do that at that point. So I ended up canceling all those trips. And it was just more so, you know, hey, I right, I just got to get better. Like, I, I got to find a way to grind. I got to find a way to get better, things like that. And that's kind of what led me to when I'm back home. And this is early in the summer before the draft. I ended up, <laughs> I was on Facebook and I saw a, a mutual friend. It was Gary Zoner, was friends with Nick Novak. So I ended up just messaging Nick Novak because I always loved his form. And I always had a lot of respect for his game. And I literally just said to him, you know, hey, Nick, like, I'd love to learn from you. Would, would you be willing to look at my film or even train me? And he's like, hey, let's get on the phone uh, either later today or tomorrow. And after that phone call, two days later, I was in California <laughs> from Connecticut. And it was like, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to go there. I went there. And then afterwards, I quarantined with my brother, um, just so I didn't have to go home or really expose anyone else. And it was an awesome experience. You know, I went out there. i I think I kicked really, really well, um, on field goals, but especially too, there's kind of a funny moment. He asked me like, can you kick off? I'm like, do you think I can kick off? He's like, I have no idea. And I, I ended up kicking off really well. Like I had a couple like well over four, two hang time balls, like 78, you know, like I had, I think I had one 80 yard kickoff and with a really, really above four Oh hang. So I was just happy to be out there. I was having fun, you know? Nick, Nick was an awesome, awesome coach. Um, and I had an amazing experience and I've recommended it. One of my specialists at Stonehill is going to see him. Um, and then my other friend who plays at Vanderbilt, he went out to see him. So it was a great experience. And, you know, he, he helped me out with the mindset thing. He helped me actually find a new agent too, because at the time I had an agent that I wasn't really happy with. And that new agent and Nick formed a partnership and they ended up, I think it was less than a week. They had, they talked to eight NFL teams. (laughs) So to me, I was just thrilled. Um, But again, it was a lot of these teams that were being reached out to. They, they just said that that's great. You know, he's got good film, but we have no idea who he is. Like we've never heard of him sort of thing, which I was like, I wasn't even mad about. I was like, to be honest, I don't really blame him. You know, I came from a really small school. I, I honestly didn't do that much research when it came to my first agent. And you know, that's on me but it's been an amazing journey, man. Like, you know, everything leading up to it. And even when we first talked, you know, just talking about kicking a PAT short and then I'm like, you know, a couple of years later, I'm, I'm hitting balls pretty far. It's, uh, it's really just been all about the mindset and just like a growth mindset.
0: I couldn't agree more. I mean, again, we've talked about it, your, your exponential growth and development. It it, it had to be the case for you to still be considering playing football at your age you started late and you you really grew um so i am i'm very proud of you and i have one more question so here goes football like life is it's competitive right uh, oftentimes there are two kickers who are equal in ability and only one will get the job that's just facts uh, in the age of social media athletes have to sell themselves now more than ever to be 15 again i i couldn't imagine having to manage my online persona i I just don't think I would handle it very well. Being yourself today and always has been the best way to sell yourself. In my opinion, you talk about doing it for you, quote unquote, sometimes. Can you tell the
1: audience what you mean by doing it for you? Yeah. I mean, especially now it's, it's easy to get caught up in things. Um, Like, you know, I want to be a five star so I can put that in my bio or I'm going to get a lot of Instagram likes and stuff like that. you know, don't get me wrong. Like, when I was younger and uh, a little more immature, I'd be like, you know, like ah, I need that. Like I, I want a really cool pic. Like, Oh, I, let me, let me see if my buddy can come out and take a really cool picture of me when I'm training. And it's like, yeah, those things are cool for the memories and stuff like looking back, but it's also like, am I actually going to train? Like am I going out there for a good photo shoot or am I actually going to train sort of thing? And that was jokes. A couple of my friends would even make to me like, Oh, you're not even training. You're just having a photo shoot sort of thing, which was pretty funny. But, um, honestly, it's just about doing it for you, man. Like, I know in my heart, I really want to play in the NFL. And that's, and that's what I'm doing, you know, regardless of what people say, I I want to be there. And part of that, it's like, I'm not afraid to go out and compete with anyone, you know, I've kicked alongside a, a lot of NFL guys, and I've seen the talent that they had. And, you know, you don't have to be the level of someone else to be successful. You know, you just have to be the best version of yourself. And that's right now, that's what I'm focused on becoming, you know, controlling the controllables. Can I eat really well? Yes. You know, can I control my sleep schedule? Yes. Can I train really hard? Yes. And that's, that's all I focus on. And a big part of that, that has allowed me to be successful is that every time I go into an event, like even when I went to the national Bowl or the CGS or like training with other free agents, like, I'm not scared to compete with them because I'm just so confident in my preparation because I'm so confident in saying like, I've been grinding for the past four months for this one shot. Like I'm not even nervous because I know I put the work in. You can't, you can't cheat the grind. And a couple of times I tried to treat the grind and I was not successful. And again, it just comes down to doing it for you. You know, don't do it for, I want to go to a big school and get verified on Instagram. You know, like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. It, it, it's true. You know, like there, I've, I've talked to a couple of kids before that are like, Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, I want to play at these really big schools and I'm going to get a blue check. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that is really cool, but you know, I'd rather play and be an all American and then have a blue check. You know what I mean? But, you know, I, I do it, I do it for me and I also do it for my family too. You know, I have a, a handicapped sister and being able to play in the NFL obviously has a lot of, financial benefits so you know like being able to be secure with her and always having that future set up for her is like one thing that really drives me and motivates me I mean I even have a a really big rose tattoo um, on my inner arm like in honor of her and stuff like that like people just got to figure out what their why is like why are you doing this why are you going to the field are you doing it for the blue check are you doing it so you can go to college for free and then play in the NFL and I think both of them are not asynchronous
0: I think you're talking about essentially the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. And I think a lot of people are not necessarily purposefully extrinsically motivated, but it's just common, you know, it's easier to please others because it's almost that instant gratification via, uh, a blue checker or a like, or, or, or what have you, a retweet. Um, but I think that you, you and others that are doing it, the, the road less traveled, uh, That's where you find success is, is, is when you internalize this and it's for a bigger purpose, you know, it's for your sister. It has to be for yourself first and not in a selfish way, but you've got to take care of you. You've got to feed yourself. You've got to sleep. You, you've got to train yourself. And um, that's not being selfish, but that that's putting first things first in the right way. So I am so proud of you. I know I've said that three or four times, but you're a young guy. You're a great example. You're a perfect person to have on the show to to just share with the audience a little bit more about you and and how how they how people can become a little bit more like you in terms of finding their best path, you know, identifying the right resources and capitalizing on the time, of course. So I, I want to thank you for joining, and I want to make sure I always give the opportunity for you to share with the audience how they can follow your progress moving forward.
1: Yeah, well, Dan, thank you so much for having me and and giving me the opportunity to speak about my journey. And uh, hopefully, there's one kid out there, a parent out there listening to this, that you know has that conviction, saying, you know, my 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 son can do that, and you know my my kid can play college football at the highest level, and he can do really whatever he wants with his life because we're, you know, life is what you make of it. I'd love to plug my socials. You know, I wouldn't mind to follow on Instagram. It always helps, especially getting those likes because they're so important to me. But, you know, my Instagram is Nick Deeks, N-I-C-K-D-E-E-K-S. Um, any person out there that wants me to shoot me a clip of film, I'm more than happy to look at it. Obviously free of charge. My Twitter is my my name, Nick Deekarano underscore five. Um, and like I said, connect with me, send me film, more than happy to help. Um, I know a ton of coaches across the country. I know... I know particularly a really good coach in Florida, so I can definitely uh, recommend you to go see him. And uh, other than that, again, really, really grateful for this experience and really grateful for this opportunity.
0: Oh, thank you. Coming from me, that means a lot. Uh, it also means a lot to everyone at 4th Down Focus that you are able to share a little bit about what it is you're up to. Um, if you have questions related to 4th Down Focus, perhaps some suggestions on future topics or guests, or if you have comments or feedback from today's show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, several ways. Our website is 4 4thDownU, that's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U.com. On the site, it has endless resources for specialists and special teams coaches. On social media, you can contact us on Instagram and Twitter at fourthdownu. that's at 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can contact me at Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at 4th Down Focus. We'll see you again next week with an exciting new guest. Remember, in all things, give thanks. Happy New Year, even though it's been a couple weeks, but happy 2021 and make today great.